Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of the F1 show for coverage of the 2009 Brazilian Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I am Jim Lau, and it's uh, the second to last race, although it still kind of feels like the season finale. Uh, you yeah, know, I was used to Brazil sure, just being the last sure. race. There's still, there's still one more, but a uh, heck of a weekend this weekend all the way around. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for sure. there's plenty to talk about. A lot of you probably already know some of the results that have come out, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, first, let's just cover some of the, the news since two weeks ago um, from the uh, Japanese Grand Prix. Um, a couple of things. One, uh, Felipe Massa, is, his recovery is going along really well. He yeah, had a he, test in the 2007 Ferrari F1 car. With GP2 tires. Yeah, it's, it's with the rules, you know, how they're not allowed to do in-season testing, um, even though, which is a little bit weird for Felipe Massa. I mean, I guess it would have benefit the car, maybe, to for, have a driver doing some testing. Oh, certainly. I mean, there's definitely some potential for that. I think what they did was fine, and I was happy to see Massa in the car. Seemed like everything went well. And seemed like he's going to be just fine for next year. But I think they everyone made the right decision to hold off until next year. There's no point in while these injuries are still fresh and a little bit tender and still healing. This stuff takes quite a bit of time. Yeah, when you think about just why the, why open yourself up to risk again? Yeah, I mean, uh, with a healing wound and from surgery and everything else, to, to put his neck through and put his head and everything through all the G-forces and everything, just for, for what? You know, it doesn't, right. there's not a... And so, but anyway, it was, it was it was fun to see Massa. Um, saw him a bunch around the paddock and everything uh, this weekend in Brazil. But uh, yeah, getting back, driving a car, and, and doing well. So so that's obviously very cool. And uh, speaking of drivers in cars, it has been confirmed that Robert Kubica is going to be in a French Renault next year. Yes, replacing Fernando Alonso, and uh, there's not a whole lot, I guess, to, to say about that at this point. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be an very, interesting move. Yeah. Well, he's definitely one of those drivers that you think would do well in a good car. He's generally regarded as one of the top, I don't know, five, maybe for ten for sure. Yeah. Maybe one of the top five guys there. And Renault is hit and miss. I'm not sure if that's a strong enough team for him or not, but I guess the way things settle out, that was that was where there was room, and I guess it's definitely more stable than BMW Sauber. And uh, yeah, because I mean, the state of that is—is is there still uh, another team has bought the BMW, or another company has bought the BMW? BMW it's, it's not Sauber even a company; team. it's like a conglomerate yeah. of companies and the Malaysian government and, and something in like somebody's yeah. uncle. It's, yeah, a bit, it's, it's a bit it's, strange, but they—that team or that that entity does not have a spot in, uh, in next year's grid yet. Uh, just with the way the rules have shaken out with all the new teams and everything else. So it's all a bit, it's a bit crazy. So obviously Kubica has got to go somewhere. Uh, the good news is Renault will, you know, has much better chance of being an F1 next year than, uh, yes. than BMW or whoever it turns out to own BMW. Um, so hopefully that, that does well for him. Uh, hopefully they can give the guy a bit of a makeover and deal with that. That helmet hair look situation, it's, it's, it's not brilliant for Kubica. No, it's, it's, it's really not. Although I'd say you have to put everything in perspective. Because they do have Grosjean on that team. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. It could go the other way. I'm not sure the uh, French are the best people to give uh, hair advice to. Yeah, fair or enough. get hair advice from, I mean. Indeed. And uh, another uh, fun little piece of news last week follow-up is uh, Flavio Briatore is suing the FIA for making him look bad or calling him out on his screw-up. I don't know exactly what. Yeah, there's I didn't lo- even read the article. I didn't obviously, even bother. Yeah, 
because Flav is, in, in, like we talked about originally, uh, when, when this punishment was handed down to Renault, or sort of lack of punishment, um, how Flavio is involved in all kinds of different crazy businesses, how he co-owns a football team with Bernie Ecclestone. He's got all these other yeah. things going. Yeah. So um, for him to be banned from you know the highest level of motorsport, I guess he says, is affecting uh, his other you know, the rest of his life and all this other stuff. So uh, who knows? I well, mean, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't know they played football over in Europe. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't, you don't get a lot of coverage of yeah. that over here. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Do they wear, I mean, is it, do they, is it like the Falcons or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. You'd know it is soccer. All right. Oh, soccer. I thought like kids played that. You know what? Let's move on. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, I, I want to talk about Brazil, man. Let's. Uh, I guess we're ready to go into qualifying. Yes. Oh yeah. Because you know, there's lots I want to talk so, about with qualifying. Friday practice so much um, was, you know, on and off rain. It was kind of a useless session. You know, useless couple of sessions for a lot of people. Um, and and qualifying was again off and on rain, just crazy downpour situation for a while and all that. Um, as it turned out, though, it was uh, in in the uh, Q1, the first session. Um, just kind of by timing and red flags and, and crashes and everything else, um, all I think all the sessions, or actually Q, Q3 I think was clean, but um, in, in Q1 um, they were going and then there'd be a crash or there'd be, you know, someone spun, I think Fisichella spun, and then it was, uh, you know, not enough time to get back out on track after the red flag and everything had come out. But uh, Sebastian Vettel, championship hanging by a thread, hopeful Vettel, uh, ended up 16th. He could not get out of the first qualifying session. And he was pissed. Yeah, I don't think it was lack of pace, though, so much as just kind of the shuffle of timing and not having the right, you know, being out on track at the time when it happened to be green and put the laps in and whatever. Um, yeah, he got out of the car and kind of threw the steering wheel. Uh, and, you know, we saw him signing something at the FIA. I don't know if he was trying to protest that uh, some cars in front of him were slowing him down well, that was just it. Like, that's the only thing, because I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch qualifying uh, this weekend, unfortunately. And that's why I wondered if someone was blocking him, if he was upset at any particular person, if his team like had a big faux pas in the pits and went backward with setup or what happened. Because usually he's very even-tempered or almost happy-go-lucky. So it's rare to see him like that. Yeah, although this is, you know, it was an outside-outside shot for the championship anyway. And to have him start back this far back, you know, just really um, is absolutely counter to what he wants. So, it, you know, he has been a lot cooler-tempered, but, so you know, the stakes haven't been as high with Vettel uh, previously. So this, I, I can understand that kind of coming to a head. But either way, uh, Vettel was out, and actually both McLarens behind him, Hecky and Lewis, um, both on 17th and 18th. Really, really pretty dismal result for them. Um, Nick Heidfeld behind him in the BMW, and then Fisichella in the Ferrari because he, you know, he spun on track and then he couldn't, then he stalled it and then didn't have time to get back out and all that. So, what's funny though, what's interesting about that is all the usual back markers uh, move forward. I mean, Alguersuari, Grosjean, um, you know, Buemi, all these guys, um, you know, moving forward. Even even uh, Toyota's uh, totally green rookie Kamui Kobayashi, who was in this weekend because Timo Glock was out sick, um, or because they didn't want Brazilian fans to assault him for. Uh, you know, losing Moss of the championship arguably last year. <laughs> um, so, you know, all those guys move forward. So so the, the next four, actually, uh, Q2 was actually about a two-hour-long session with the rain delay in the middle. Um, Tony Oliuzzi that went out at the beginning of the session actually had a really big crash. Um, he was okay, but the, the car was all messed up, and it caused, you know, brought the safety car out, it red flagged the session, and uh, ended up, you know, taking almost two hours until they reopened the session. So Tony Oliuzzi did not set a time in, in Q2, so he had started 15th. Um, but then ahead of him, 
Um, as the session went on, uh, once they finally did restart it, the, the track was drying out, but there was limited time, I think only about 12 minutes after the, uh, after the restart, and the intermediate tires were clearly the tires to be on, but Jensen Button was sort of caught out by that, and uh, still out on the full wets, uh, pushing as hard as he could, but could only manage 14th. Yeah. So that really uh, put him in a, not a brilliant spot to start the weekend. Yeah, a solid two seconds slower than oh, one second slower than the tenth place um, uh, Fernando Alonso in that session. And uh, Jensen Button is usually regarded as one of the better wet weather drivers. So it was. Well, a so little, is Lewis Hamilton. You know, and, and so <laughs> is Lewis Hamilton. I mean, and for God's sakes, you know, Vettel won his first race in the wet at Monza of all places. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, definitely some people were caught off guard by that, but... I mean, all the, the timing, you know, stopping and starting and then not having time to... You can maybe get out, but then not get a flying lap in, and then there's another crash, another incident, or it gets the conditions change. It's just kind of shuffled the grid around. But um, to do a, just a real quick rundown then... Um, yeah, so 11th, uh, Kobayashi for Toyota, uh, just barely. He was, he was actually in until the last minute. He got, he got bumped out. He was going to be in the top 10, um, did, a, did a, a real good showing in the rain. Um, Jaime Alguashwari, uh, Roman Grosjean, Jensen Button, like we mentioned, and Antonio Liuzzi. Um, and then we went on to Q3. Before we do that, can okay. I say really quick? Yeah. Is this the same Kobayashi that was in The Usual Suspects? <laughs> you remember the lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it could be that guy. I thought he was white, though. Yeah. Okay. I didn't watch golf. Move on. Okay, okay. great. Um, okay, then I went to Q3. Um, then it, it started out wet, uh, then enters with a tire to be on. And actually was one of those really just good moments with a, a wet but drying track uh, where, you know, you're kind of waiting for the first guy to go to, to go to intermediates. I think it was Rossberg went out and they were watching his lap time. Oh, and, sure, sure. And then, the, and then everybody the, uh... starts going to intermediates and the tracks ran out. Still some tricky moments and some cool slides and everything. But uh, at the end of the day... Um, you know, Mark Weber and Rubens were trading back and forth for a provisional pole, and uh, Rubens got got the ended up with the best time with a, a one nineteen five seven six. His which is, home Grand Prix, he's struggling to stay in the championship. He's been in the sport since it was invented, and <laughs> and he's he gets a pole position. I mean, really, truly a great moment in those conditions. I mean, it's extremely yeah. impressive. And obviously, if the race, um, if they were to finished where they started, Rubens getting maximum points, Jensen getting none, Vettel getting none, would have just been brilliant for, for Rubens. Um, and, uh, it, you know, that it just really, you know, keeping the championship alive and all that stuff would just be, be really great. So he was just over the moon with excitement. He's actually the only Brazilian driver in the field right now with PK out and with Massa out. So uh, that, was, that was great for him. Uh, Mark Webber ended up second. Uh, Adrian Sutil doing a good job uh, to, to be third spot. The uh, last driver to actually squeak one in and then in under 20 seconds, yep. mid at 20. Uh, then Yarno Trulli, Kimi Raikkonen, mm-hmm. uh, probably getting a little bit more than the Ferrari deserved in this, at this racetrack. Um, Number six was uh, Buemi for uh, for STR. I mean, great job for Sebastian Buemi. Then Nico sure. Rosberg, Robert Kubica, Kaz <clears throat> Nakajima, and uh, like you mentioned, Fernando Alonso in 10th. Yeah, and that's one other thing. I'm just looking at the numbers here, and I find it fascinating. You know, Alonso, again, he's quick everywhere all the time. And he was – he barely squeaked into uh, Q3 with his Q2 time. It was well off of ninth place. And he was – almost a second slower than Nakajima in ninth to get 10th place in the Renault. He had a 21-4 compared to Rubens' 19-5. That's just that's almost two seconds slower than Rubens. And I wonder, one of two things, is was the Renault car just no good in Brazil? Or was he, were they banking on a dry race uh, on Sunday and didn't, didn't do anything for a wet setup? Yeah. 
So it's that that was part of the interesting thing too is is everyone all the setups of course because uh, the cars are in park for May conditions under uh, during qualifying you can't set up the qualifying car for a wet qualifying session and then go back to uh, uh, you know race setup for a dry setup if you if you anticipate it's going to be dry during the race so it is one of those interesting moments uh, where you've got to it's really compromise and, and who's in the right setups and all that but uh, anyway that's qualifying Rubens on pole just really really ecstatic and. Uh, should make for an interesting race. It was back across the hemisphere for the penultimate round of the Formula One World Championship at Sao Paulo, Brazil. And, in part thanks to large amounts of wetnessness on track, it was the spry Rubens Barrichello sitting on the pole of his home race. Alongside sat the bionic Australian, Mark Webber, carrying an additional four laps worth of fuel. Behind Barrichello, Adrian Sutil in the continually impressive Force India car. But at the start of the race, many looked back to the midfield, where Jensen Button sat in 14th. Next to him, the third and final championship contender, Sebastian Vettel, in 15th. Back to the front, as the lights went out, Rubens tore off with a great start to retain the lead. Weber left cleanly as well, but the Kurz-powered Ferrari, piloted by Kimi Raikkonen, challenged Weber for second after a crazy fast start. However, Weber blocked Raikkonen, leaving him with a damaged wing and a punctured tire. The Finn went on to finish sixth. Also on the first lap, Kovalainen spun his McLaren, almost collecting Fisichella in the process. And just a few corners later, Sutil and Truly got together to bring about a worthy collection of carbon fiber bits across the track. And Sutil's car took out Alonso before it came to rest. All three drivers were out of the race, truly livid at Sutil. The opening lap shenanigans brought about a safety car period and propelled Jensen Button to ninth. Button took full advantage of his good fortune. After the period ended, he passed his way to sixth place, and this included a several-lap struggle to get around rookie Kamui Kobayashi. Jensen held that spot until the first round of pit stops, and it was also there that Barrichello relinquished the lead to Mark Webber, and the elder Red Bull driver never gave it back. Driving a brilliant race, Weber held onto the lead even during his second pit stop, going on to win the Brazilian Grand Prix. But the race for the championship continued behind him. Sebastian Vettel had flashes of brilliance running as high as second, but he couldn't hold it finishing fourth, leaving the championship hopes only for Braun drivers. Rubens needed to collect five more points than Jetson to keep his hopes alive, and in the second stint, he pushed his way back up to second place. But after a pit stop and a shuffle with Lewis Hamilton, Rubens needed to pit a third time for a punctured tire, effectively ending any chances of victory. And in fact, it proved not to matter, as the determined button muscled his way to fifth place to collect four points and the 2009 Drivers World Championship. Woo, go button. How about that? Yes. So, Jim, who is Kamui Kobayashi? Dude, who cares, man? Jason Button. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I tell you, I, I don't really even know why, but I, I, do, I did genuinely want Jensen Button to win this year. I, I, I'm not sure why. I just, I've just always liked him, and yeah. I guess he reminds me of me, and I, I really wanted to see him do well. I was pushing for him and not Rubens. Yeah, strangely, I was pushing for Rubens actually in this race. Um, I guess 
just kind of uh, to have the outside chance and, and uh, you know, all, all it took was he had, you know, he had to collect maximum points over, over Jensen to keep the, you know, to keep his championship alive. Uh, and especially qualifying on pole with Jensen way back and with, you know, what, what chances Jensen have of scoring more points than Rubens, right? You know, right, and, right, right. And all that. But uh, I was, I was sort of looking forward to, to Rubens uh, to bring the championship to the last round. I think it'd be a, a huge, a huge way for Rubens to not necessarily end his career because he's not necessarily quitting, but um, after so long in the sport, but that said, I am I'm really happy for Jensen. Um, I mean, he's been in ten years in Formula One. It, it's sort of easy to forget the. Yeah, uh, yeah. The time I he thought was this in there. was his ninth season, but oh, okay, clearly it's, it's been a while. I'm not very good at math. Yeah, but it's all right. I mean, he Rubens drove amazing the second half of the season. Yeah, and it, it was obvious that Jensen, for all the reasons you just said, he's been in the sport for nine years. He's been on the cusp a couple of times, but it's just never quite worked out with a car or with whatever the circumstances are. And now he's got it, and then things seem to me start to fall apart on him again. But this time he's in the lead of the championship, and his nerves were crazy. Yeah, he earned it, especially this race. I mean, there was some question coming into it if Jensen had fallen off. If, and he if, was just—it it seemed like Jensen was just cruising. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like, like he wasn't—you know—he wasn't pushing all that hard. He wasn't taking too many risks, and a lot of people were kind of uh, putting him down for that, saying, "Oh, it's, it's a stupid way to win the championship." And I think us included, you know, it is. It, it's if it's like, oh, he just barely collected a point, but he it's, didn't do it, very yeah. well. I wouldn't say it's stupid, but it's definitely not the way you want to see. Yeah, it it's, yeah. It's, it's not doing it in kind of formula one style if you yeah, will right but sure. um he really really earned it this race i mean he was just aggressive like we haven't seen him in a while i don't know if the car just suited him or if he was just hungrier or got his nerves just in the right spot or whatever he seemed quite determined yeah I, I don't think he had it in him to take it to the finale so he he said i have to i have to shut this thing down yeah and he 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 drove he was fun to watch he Absolutely. was fun to watch this race. He was aggressive with passes. He made turn one his best friend, and he uh, drove. Uh, forgive the cliche, but he drove like a champion today, and he absolutely he absolutely earned it. And uh, you know he was very very happy for it, and I I couldn't be happier for the guy. And in many ways, it would have been great to see Rubens win this race. He's gone to this race seventeen times. He's always had bad luck here. He was on pole. He he had a chance to win the championship. He's the only Brazilian driver now. He's you know, the only people Brazilian driver. Cheering for Massa and stuff. He him winning the world championship would have been a huge story. Absolutely. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Been in the sport since you know God created it, and just to be able to do it so late in his career and still be fast and still be energetic and still be motivated like that. It, it these are all incredibly impressive feats. I guess. I guess his nose is just too big for me to root for him. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, because I really hope that Rubens can can take off the success that he's had, especially in the, kind of the second half of this year. But with talks about moving to Williams and with all the you know the more rule changes and everything, that all the new teams coming in next year, we don't have any way of knowing who's going to be fast. You know what is what's going to be the car to beat. Uh, but it's unlikely that you know, to have that kind of a success back to back. I mean, as we've seen the last three years, it's been a different champ well, four years, you know, different champion every year. Um, you know, Fernando Alonso was the last two time with a uh, world championship with championship winner with the Renault. Yeah. But, yep. uh, that was Oh five. You know, it, it's, it's been down to the wire every time it's yep. been changes in performance, you know, Kimi Raikkonen coming on late in the, late in the season, uh, to, to get the championship, uh, you know, two years ago and all and, and Lewis Hamilton and being such a tight battle with Ferrari and everything. Like there's been so much, so much to it that it's really unlikely that Barrichello will be in the position he was in today to, 
you know, win the championship. So I, it's, you know, I'm sure it's, it's bittersweet for him. Yes, but, I think that's true. But I true. gotta say, he handled it like like really a good sportsman. He was, you know, congratulating yes. ben Jensen. So happy. Obviously, Braun was excited because, like, you know, they they clinched the constructors' championship as well today, which is cool. Well, if there's one thing Rubens is good at and has a lot of experience with, it's congratulating his teammate when he wins the <laughs> championship. He does have some experience there. Yes. Absolutely. No, but no, you're absolutely right. He was very graceful. He was very welcoming, and he did congratulate. Jensen Button, and I think that was very genuinely big of him to do and the right thing to do. And uh, Rubens helped Jensen in a lot of ways. He pushed Jensen when he needed to be pushed. He, um, you know, helped. He he took race wins away from, at times, more serious competitors when it was Vettel that was on fire or Weber, and Rubens came into the fray and helped mix things up. So... Rubens was a very good help for this championship, even though Rubens' intention the entire time was to win it himself. Yeah. And I want to go, I want to take it one layer back and say uh, massive congratulations to Ross Braun. I mean, wow. Yeah. Just think about what we were talking about in January. Mm-hmm. And 10 months later, it's incredible. Yeah, to, to buy out the team from, you know, to come on as, as, as Honda, you know, what is it, uh, team principal, I guess, at Honda. Um, and then to buy the team out from Honda when they pulled out and then put the, put the team together. And, and then now to have, um, I mean, clinched certainly that, you know, the world driver championship being his driver, Jensen button to clinch the constructors championship, which in some ways is a bigger deal for the, for the teams. And then to have Rubens have the chance of actually getting second place in the driver's championship is kind of like the ultimate right. season long one, two lockout. I mean, you can't get a better result than that as Absolutely. a constructor. Absolutely. And this is his first year. He, he pulls the team out of the brink of being non-existent. He wins Australia. Yep. He lays off 120 people. <laughs> he goes on to win the next five races. No, the next five of six races after that, all with Jensen Button. And continues to get... He starts getting some fierce competition from, at different times, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Force India. I mean... And the car, at times, isn't great, but it's never bad. And mm-hmm. they keep pushing. They keep coming up with new developments. It's not one of the big budget teams. It was just incredible, incredible work. And because of that, I do think, to your point, that you know, you know, being in the Braun car, is the Braun car going to be competitive again next year? It's really hard to say. It. I think it's going to depend a lot on how this double diffuser thing works out, mm-hmm. if they're going to end up writing the rules so they those are... Uh, um, not legal again, or even if this whole detuning of the Mercedes engine, you know, there's, that, there's all yeah, that talk. Absolutely, of... but I, I do think the Braun car will be good because the 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 fundamental design of the car is going to be similar to it was the, to what it was this year. Yeah, so it's I not think as, that's as big help. of a change as from this year to last year. Yeah, and that being said, there is still a chance that Rubens is going to end up in the Braun car next year. Yeah, that hasn't been ruled out. It, it seemed all but certain that he was going to end up in the Williams. But the latest reports are that, no, nothing's been signed. Nothing has been officially decided yet. I'm still willing to bet that Rosberg's going to end up in the Braun car. But there is a chance that Rubens could be in this car, and there is a chance this car could be competitive again. So it could be, in fact, in his 18th season with the team that he gets it. It's possible. Or he could win it with the Williams. You never know. Yeah. And who, I mean, but but then again, who knows who else is going to be fast? You know, is 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 Campos Grand Prix going to come out and do something? Is USF one going to be amazing? Is 
uh, Toyota going to finally have there was I mean it's like there's so many variables with uh, you know every year. Well, but. and now that you know the you know the energy and time that went into Kurs, that's not going to happen again this next year. And you know McLaren and Ferrari have fairly well caught up with most everybody else, even with those systems. So with that complexity taken out, and them having you know Ferrari especially started developing tons of time to the 2010 car a couple of months ago. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be a very serious challenge next year as con- for a constructor for Braun. But I do think they'll be up there. They're not going to be laying around and last all of a sudden. Okay. Um, other so, – so, yeah, Jensen, um, I think, gets tons of credit for today for, for the passes that he made and all that. But I was, I was actually very impressed by Kamui Kobayashi in the Toyota. Um, like we mentioned, he stepped in at the last minute to fill in for Timo Glock. Had a cut on his leg. Yeah, Timo had, ended up having it was, uh, it was a bad cut. back injury. He yeah. didn't, put a, didn't put enough Neosporin on it. Got infected. <laughs> but No, actually, it was, uh, what was it? Fractured, actually. Yeah, it was be a very fractured bizarre. vertebrae, which I don't, you know, a leg brace for that uh, seems interesting. But, um, but his, his first Grand Prix ever, um, and, and Kobayashi was, was co- very competitive. I mean, he qualified well, and uh, to, let's see, where, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me where he, he started. He qualified 11th. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, you know, he's running around in sixth place, um, having, you know, sort of taken advantage of the, a lot of the other cars falling out of the, uh, falling out of the race early on. He managed to just avoid trouble there. But, um, you know, Jensen had a heck of a time getting around him. It took him a good three or four laps to, uh, to get around him there, and... You know, Kobayashi was... Argu- I think even more than that, even. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while. Uh, he was making some moves that were a little bit questionable as far as was he doing some blocking. He was kind of like, you know, moving across one one way across the track, which is kind of arguably just, oh, that's kind of how you go, is, is left to right across the uh, yeah, yeah. St- across the start-finish straightaway. Uh, he's just getting set up, and then he kind of would move back over a little bit to the left, which is not, not a direct block. But um, he didn't get in trouble for any of that, so I guess he was sort of playing tough but within the rules. And if you think about it, I mean, the way... Mark Weber moved on Raikkonen at the beginning of the race. I don't think Kobayashi did anything more severe than what Weber did on Raikkonen today. Right. Uh, so, but I, I just think, you know, as far as the best new rookie, um, especially in the Toyota car, which has not been a brilliant car, it's been sort of inconsistent at yes. best, you know, having yes. really, really good results one day and then terrible the next. Uh, I, I'm, I was just really impressed with him uh, to see him come out and do that well. And, uh, I, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's only got two races. Well, I don't know. If, I guess Timo will probably be back in the next race. Although you wonder after a well, result they like said, that. They said maybe. Yeah. They said maybe. They, they weren't sure if Timo's would be medically cleared for Abu Dhabi or not. They said it was a little bit of a question. Something tells me that the doctors are going to be told to make sure that he's 100% before you put him back in the car. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lucky break for Kobayashi. I mean, I actually, I actually tweeted something today. And uh, Kobayashi might be our next Takuma Sato if he can find his way back in the in the race seat for next year. That was that was a great drive. Yeah, it's some some pretty ballsy moves and stuff too. That uh, was very cool to see that happen. He was definitely not intimidated. He wasn't. He was overtaken. He was passed, but he ended up. I think he ended up finishing tenth. Uh, yeah, yeah, just out of the points, but uh, yeah, yeah. So he ended up finishing tenth and. Uh, and did did quite well. I mean, did better than uh, Truly did, although that wasn't really Truly's fault. And uh, you know, well, that's debatable. We got more on that in a little bit. Okay. Um, but I mean, another another good performance today, actually, Robert Kubica in, in BMW. Um, we didn't see much of him because he wasn't involved in a lot of direct on track action passing or whatever, but drove a really solid pace. 
and in uh, the BMW Sauber car. Yeah, and ended up second place. I mean, it's um, and they say their key was they had a dry setup all, all along. They they looked at the work, you know, weather forecast and took a gamble and said, nope, you know, everyone else has kind of got a lot of compromised setups and yeah. hedging their bets one way or another. But they they stuck with a dry setup. Um, and uh, he said, you know, they were worrying about over overheating issues and all that. They had to manage that. Um, they couldn't use full revs, but um, you know. Ended up as their best result of the season. Ended up second place and uh, did a really, you know, really good job. He said qualifying was really terrible and, and so hard to, uh, you know, get the car around on a dry setup. But um, he was very consistent and, um, you know, just held on. So it was, it was kind of a quiet. day. So he had a full dry setup and he was eight and he qualified eighth. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. And he was saying it was just yeah, it was hard to drive in the water and you know Heidfeld was out in Q one and uh, but you know he held on and managed to qualify eighth and. Uh, you know, he said uh, some people were disappointed about this qualifying, and I don't know why, because uh, maybe they think miracles happen. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting little quote from uh, from Kubica there. But, uh, you know, give him props. I mean, it was interesting with wet qualifying sessions tend to just and, and wet races, too. You know, you get these interesting moments of uh, one guy just happens to get lucky and happens to not be stuck in the midfield and, and end up getting a good result or they get the strategy just right or whatever. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, Something was, falls their way. Yeah, it was very cool to uh, to see them. And it's just it's it's interesting when you think about you know bmw uh like we talked about being bought out they still don't have uh the team doesn't have a spot next year but there are a bunch of these brand new teams that are a lot more unknown that do have spots and so there have been some petitions to say hey you know what why are we you know letting these new guys in the sport when you know a veteran team like bmw who just is you know knows the safety and knows the rules and knows all that you know obviously has a an operation that can build uh and race moderately successful f1 cars um why wouldn't they get a spot when all these newbies, you know, do get a spot? So there's some more kind of drama there. But uh... to that point, real quick, there is a little bit of shadiness between this conglomerate of uh, companies that now own a controlling stake in the BMW Sauber team, and I think there are some issues. I think it was uh, 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 Martin Whitwash. I can never pronounce his Whitmarsh, name. Yeah. Whitmarsh. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Whitmarsh saying, "Hey, these I don't really trust." this uh, conglomerate of companies that's uh, that now owns the sober team. So there's something a little bit shady there, maybe worth a little bit more investigation. Yeah. Um, but to that point, and I'm to close my point about Alonso, we never got a chance to see if that was also Alonso's strategy to stay completely full dry setup and then really make a case of it in the race. Because uh, as mentioned in the race report, he was absolutely taken out. He was a totally innocent bystander and just, yeah, just was crashed into by, it was Sutil's car, right? Coming back across the track uh, yeah. after colliding with Truly. So yeah. that was, that was unfortunate. And we didn't really even hear hear anything from him, unfortunately, in the U S coverage to uh, hear anything he had to say, but he only made like three turns in the race. So that's, yeah. Yeah. that's unfortunate for him, but he's probably like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Go I'll back to the train. Next year, be, yeah, I got one more race for Renault and then I'm done. So, so, and uh, I would also like to, before we uh, move on, I would like to make one more point about button. He, he definitely drove really well today. He deserving champion, everything else. But I have to say, once again, he also did get pretty lucky. I mean, he qualified 14th. That was his actual performance because they got a little bit unlucky with tire choice and setup during qualifying. But then, you know, lap one of this race goes crazy, and a lot of stuff happens around him, but never he never gets collected. Three drivers that are ahead of him get taken out, and, uh, and a safety car period comes up. So he gains a few places right away, mm-hmm. and he has a safety car period to bunch everybody up to give him very ideal chances to actually make up these positions. Yeah. So once again, I have to say, Button had kind of a charmed championship this year because there were a lot of times where 
when he wasn't on top of it where he did have failings, it could have gone a lot worse than it did. Mm -hmm. So he's a very deserving champion, but I do think he's one of the luckier champions we've seen in the few years that we've been following uh, Formula One closely. Yeah, for sure. Um, also speaking of, I guess, sort of unexpected, uh, good results, uh, Lewis Hamilton and in, in third spot, um, said it was a huge surprise for him to, to end up there. Uh, and again, that was partly helped by the attrition and safety cars and all that. I mean, it ended up being six cars out of the race by the end of it, yeah, um, with, yeah. with both the Williams retiring and, uh, and, and then obviously the first, first lap schmazzle and, and everything else. Um, but, uh, he said, you know, Lewis basically said it was all just kind of down to the strategy um, and, you know, everything was knife edge and it was a really tough weekend and all that. Uh, but he ended up uh, just having really good, really good success. And uh, they were able to move. Um, McLaren is just now one point ahead of Ferrari in the constructor championship, which of course is a really big deal for them. Obviously yes. they're not, they're not anywhere near winning it. Um, yeah, they're, I believe they're uh, William, uh, I'm sorry, McLaren has 71 points to Ferrari's 70. Yeah. So very and, tight. And they've got one more race and, and all that, but uh you know that that's a big deal for them and he sort of said you know the bosses are breathing down his neck and uh and doing that but um the other side of mclaren though is they this pit stop issue with heki kovalainen the oh, first yes. pit stop um i don't know if you mentioned this in the in the race report i don't actually listen when you when you do those race reports i'm just <laughs> you know looking at twitter and stuff no they're not they're not they're not good uh but uh they uh Chief Mechanic just lifted up the lollipop board, said, okay, go ahead um, to, to Kovalainen, and he did, um, not knowing that the fuel rig was still attached, and uh, no one... No the one... fuel rig guy still knew the fuel rig was attached. Yeah. And that wasn't happy about that. And, yeah, it wasn't uh, terrible. No one was dragged down the pit lane, like, you know, Masa Singapore style or anything like that, but it was... Uh, you know, still, and, you know, he pulled out in the pit lane because the, the pit lane guy was watching uh, Kimi Raikkonen was coming down the coming down the pit lane uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. wanted to say, okay, oh, let's let, let's get him out just just ahead of Raikkonen and not paying enough attention to the fact that, you know, the fuel rig is still connected to the car. So it tore the, it tore the hose off, um, you know, Kovalainen drives out into the pit lane and spraying fuel all behind him. And actually, and, and then, and so as soon as that fuel gets back all over Kimi's car and Who touches was right his, behind him, it touches his hot exhaust. It bursts into flames. Yeah. And actually quite, uh, this is kind of an F1 show exclusive. We have his radio transmission of what Kimi Raikkonen said as this happened. This is an exclusive thing. I don't think anybody else has this. And, uh, we want to take this opportunity to play it for you. I'm on fire. I'm not on fire, but okay. Wow. Yeah, see, there you have it. The dramatic Kimi Raikkonen it, it, as You ever. know, people say that he doesn't have emotion, but, you know, it, when, you could, he, when he's really in the race, you can hear it. You could really hear it yeah. coming through on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and actually, this is, this is uh, late breaking news um, that's just coming out because uh, we watched the race live and uh, everything is, is coming out uh, – you know, these, all these other articles and reports are kind of coming out as we're recording here. But apparently Raikkonen is in pain after that. Uh, after that, he kind of he went on with the, with the race just fine. Yeah, um, finished uh, sixth. But uh, he, he almost retired because he had fuel in his eyes. Um, but, uh, he, you know, he, he came out and, and did okay. Um, but he said, you know, what happened on the first lap ruined my race. First, I was hit at the first corner. Then when trying to pass Weber, I was hit and lost the front wing. At the pit stop, I ended up with some drops of petrol in my eye from the fuel line stuck on Kovalainen's car. Then I was engulfed in flames and blinded. Um, <laughs> I was going to stop, but luckily the flames soon went out. Even now, my eyes are still burning, but I'm all right. Wow. So, yeah, that's... Uh, well, that really does, um, collectively with that radio transmission, that really does bring the whole story together. It really does. Um, and uh, also, McLaren has been fined 50 
$250,000 for that incident, for releasing the car with the fuel rig still attached. And lost all their championship points, right? Well, they are McLaren, so there's always a chance yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. most likely. Um, well, uh, you know... The stewards deemed Kovalainen's release had been unsafe. Yeah. That I would agree with. You know, the, the Alonzo wheel, t- you know, wheel thing is a little bit like, okay, Again, whatever. Again, I mean, there... That is an unsafe lies, release, Here lies the problem. I made this big arguing about how Alonzo's big penalty was justified when they didn't when the wheel nut wasn't tight a few races back and uh Kovalainen literally sets another car on fire and they get a $50,000 fine they're so inconsistent with these rulings have someone write this down write something down like, hey, if you set someone else on fire yes that's and have it be the same this I is mean, the penalty any any logical person would say what Kovalainen did was just as dangerous as what Alonzo did. And I, I believe that what Alonzo did is very dangerous. But th- it's just so inconsistent, these rulings. It yeah. drives me nuts. And there's no race penalty at all for Kovalainen for that, I'm assuming. It's just yeah, just absolutely silly. Um, so also with Kovalainen, though, um, we talked about quickly in the race report that uh, the first lap um, – you know, where, where Kovalainen spun and then uh, Fisichella had to zigzag to go around him and up off on the grass and then and came back on. Um, they Stewards have looked at that, talked to everyone, looked at all the video and everything, and there are no fines or no action taken there. Um, but um, with Truly and Sutil at, at odds over their whole deal... Yeah. Um, Oh crap! I just lost the uh, I just lost the article. Uh, well, let me let me open it up by saying sure. you know, Truly was trying to uh, Sutil had a really slow. He got slowed up by shoot. Now I don't remember. I think it was Raikkonen uh, because at that point Raikkonen had his punctured tire and broken wing, and Sutil was slow coming out of the corner and Truly was trying to pass Sutil around the outside. Um, from everything we can see, Sutil never saw him and did his normal line around the outside. Eventually putting Truly on the grass, Truly couldn't hold onto the car because he still had some lap buildup as he got onto the grass. He ended up doing this wicked tank slapper and uh, slammed into Sutil. They both shot off on opposite sides of the track, shooting down the straightaway. Sutil went up, ended up collect Alonzo. But then when they, when they screeched to a halt, Truly was just... Live it at Sutil and, and it just wasn't started. quite a fist fight, but he was like, you know, he was pulling on his suit, yeah, and, pushing him and stuff, and had his finger in his face. So the um, the stewards looked at that and all that. They de- they determined that the actual crash was a racing incident. That it was you know not one guy or the other guy's fault. Which I, I agree think with is, that. I think it's fair. I agree with that. Yeah, but that Truly's behavior after that was um, deplorable. Was, in, was, was it? Did they say deplorable? Deplorable um, is a good word for that because it was. Consider the behavior following the incident in failing to leave the track as required by the marshals immediately after the incident. Um, they consider they just say they consider it to be a breach of Article 151C. Mm. Um, and he truly is fined ten thousand dollars ah, ah. for that altercation. So as twenty percent as bad as setting someone on fire. Yeah. So, just, so would have been right that down. If, yeah. if, if Sutil had um, been yelled at and then set on fire by Truly, would that have been a $60,000 fine? I would think so. That'd be the logical conclusion. If, but if his wheels weren't tightened on all the way, then... <laughs> it'd be much worse. It'd be, it'd be very, would be very a trillion bad. dollars. That would be serious. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, these things are coming out right now, but, uh, yeah, Truly, you know, that's, that's got to be frustrating. He's just, he's pissed. I don't think he had any reason to be, um, but, of course, I wasn't in the car, so... Uh, yeah, so yeah. Can't really say. Um, but... To talk about Vettel for a second. Ooh. Um, starting, obviously, way back in the pack, he was the heaviest car on the grid um, and, you know, worked his way up and, and did a, you know, 
quite a good job for a while there. And it's just, you know, I guess oh, yeah. well, t- partly it was taking advantage of cars falling out because when you're, when you start, you know, it, at the very back, you know, you got nowhere to go but up. Well, you never heard this, of course, but during the race report, I said he was running as uh, high as second place. Yes. And he was and that, very That quick. was just, you know, with pits, pit rotation and all that. Yeah. He, he was very quick and he was doing very well and his lap times were competitive, but he started from 15th mm-hmm. and uh, ended up in fourth. Yeah. So um, he actually is, is um, as, after being super pissed and everything and qualifying, um, he is now actually pretty gracious about it and sort of said, okay, yeah, we knew it was an outside chance for the championship. Um, he's basically just looking forward to 2010. I think he has shown um, to not only his own team but all the other teams that may want to consider signing him down the road. You know, He still seems to really have a good long Formula 1 career ahead of him. Um, he's really shown that you know he's, he's a fighter that, yeah, I'll get emotional every once in a while, but in general he's just you know cool-headed and can you know really do his best to perform. I mean, to, to make up a 11 spots uh, you know, well, in, in the race was, was good, you know, well done. I, I love Vettel. I have an honest-to-goodness, genuine man crush on this guy. He's, <laughs> he's his own manager. He's young. He's usually happy-go-lucky. He's very competitive. He sees the bright thing. He, he he's learns things. I, I think he's, he's a very complete package in terms of an entertainment value, in terms of a driving value for the team, and in terms of being... Uh, capable champion. I think he's definitely someone I'm sure Ferrari's got his eye on him. I'm sure Raikkonen's got his eye on him. And Red Bull's going to be keen to keep him, and Red Bull might be the team that he can win a championship with. So Yeah, that could be. So I just, you know, I wanted to give him give him some props for that. Um, and then the other, the other uh, real heartbreak, I guess, was for Williams. They lost both their cars within, but within three laps of each other. Um, yeah, uh, Rosberg was actually very competitive at the opening of the race. He was in Q3. I think he ended up qualifying seventh or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, Nico was actually not doing too bad as well. Rosberg ended up having some uh, – he ended up slowing down. He had some nasty puffs of snow, smoke coming out of the back of his car. They ended up claiming that it was a transmission yeah, issue. Yeah, they said it was a gearbox issue. That was on, on lap 28. Uh, he pulled in. And then on, thir- on lap 31, um, Nakajima you know, was trying to make this pass over Kobayashi – uh, along the uh, start finish straight, and uh, yeah, it ended up just you know it, it I think clipped the front wing and then he, he rode the front wing a little bit like the yeah. the, the it, car kind of got stuck was, up on on top of the wing and it hit him into the wall. Yeah, it, he hit the rear of uh, Kobayashi's car hard enough that the front wing actually failed and tucked up under and lifted up the front wheels of the Williams car and he ended up just sailing across I don't know a thousand feet. Um, uh, 300 meters of uh, of track and gravel and grass and didn't seem to slow down much at all. Yeah. He did. Everyone's saying he's not even on the brakes. He was on the brakes the entire time. Yeah, the, the wheels, wheels were all locked, locked up. It's just grass and gravel, and he was bouncing. He just had little to no contact patch, and he just slammed into the wall hard. I think he was fine. Um, and that was the one move that uh, the you know the Twitter lit up a little bit about and saying that was a little bit of a uh, poor form on Kobayashi's part. But again, I would argue that move was no worse than, than Weber's. It was just, it just ended a little worse. And, uh, I, I'm not saying it was the correct move, but I don't think it was out of the realm of what you see. Yeah. And, uh, and, but it was definitely unfortunate for Nakajima. Indeed it was. So, um, in all this excitement with the championship and everything, um, you know, I guess just to say again, kind of, you know, well, well done to Weber, um, he, Absolutely, he, 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 two he, wins this year. Yeah, qualified second, but with with quite a bit more fuel on than Rubens, and uh, 
he just he really drove a flawless race today i think i mean you know it's a lot easier when you're out front you don't have to dodge cars or get taken out by random cars getting a tra- across a track at you mm-hmm. but um you know weber did a, a great job to just hold on to that play it cool you know the strategy worked out fine everything kind of came together pretty well for him so so good job with that um but in the championship um just to see where it sits now um like we said jensen button has clinched it he is he is world champion for 2009 um and then, but actually, Vettel uh, is, is is two points ahead of Rubens. Uh, he's got you know Vettel has seventy four points to Rubens seventy two. Yes. So that's you know with two points, obviously that's still up, up for grabs uh, in Abu Dhabi in two weeks. As far as uh, who's you know who's going to be second place, uh, Mark Webber with sixty one and a half is uh, is right behind you know is, is back there kind of on his own. I don't think anyone can pass him there. He you know Webber is fourth. Yep. Um, but Lewis Hamilton. Um, is only a point ahead of Raikkonen now with uh, 49 points to Kimi's 48. And while it doesn't matter a whole lot in terms of the standings, um, I'm sure Lewis will want to be ahead of Raikkonen if possible. Obviously, McLaren wants to uh, to be a, a spot ahead of Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship overall. Yeah, that's kind of like their own personal pride championship. And it, and it used to be that way, too, when uh, Honda and Toyota were both kind of mid-pack or back-mid-teams. Um, it's like, well, you know, we're we're seventh or eighth or sixth or whatever in the championship but you know we toyota are ahead of honda with yeah. two japanese rivals you know everyone's kind of got their you, you want to be able to say something positive about the season outcome and uh it's like oh well, at least we're ahead of those guys so um yeah that's there's still you know plenty plenty of action uh to to look for in two weeks time at abu dhabi i do think it's kind of kind of nice though to have the championship uh sewn up for jensen it would have been cool to see it go to the very end but um you know in Brazil, they're they're real big on you know they've always been the the season finale at least for the last you know time recent memory yeah um, and to have the championship finalized there even though it wasn't a Brazilian driver um, but you know all the all the all the partying and everything going on down there I'm sure it's uh, you know just exciting times now um, and because Abu Dhabi is such an unknown it would be really a shame to yeah some random occurrence yeah, is what decides you know, the championship someone, exactly someone spins in the, I completely in the, agree. the ridiculous pit exit <laughs> complex at Abu yeah. Dhabi yeah. you know for Jensen to get you know caught behind someone there just you know something stupid so um obviously those things can happen at any race and a lot of times they do happen in Brazil but um i think it's I, i'm actually looking forward to that track a lot even though uh the track itself looks like it doesn't have you know isn't I don't think quite as exciting on track um, as it was kind of made out to be. Um, we'll see because we haven't seen any F1 cars going there at speed, but uh, looks like a lot of kind of point and squirt corners. There's a lot of corners to it. Sure, it's a lot sure, like a street sure. circuit. But um, yeah, so it's, you know, Brazil in a way is still the season finale as far as the Constructors' Championship. Yeah, an emotional season finale, yeah. as it were. Um, but um, there are still, you know, these little rivalries in the in the points there. and. Well, uh, It'd be cool to see. And I'm definitely I'm going to be I'm very interested to see how Jensen Button's going to drive because he's had all this pressure on him. He's had his nerves. We've talked about this for a few podcasts now. It's been pretty obvious. So now that all that's been lifted, assuming uh, it should be cool to watch him race. I'm assuming that he's going to be having a ball, and I bet he's going to be pretty darn fast. So and maybe slightly drunk. So. <laughs> it'll be very interesting to watch the race. Now, there's one more thing I want to talk about, about the Brazilian Grand Prix that proved to be not a deciding factor, but a shame and pretty critical. And that was Lewis Hamilton's pass on Barrichello towards the end of the race. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hamilton passed uh, Rubens on the front straight of the race. Uh, Barrichello was running him pretty darn close to the wall, and he was pushing him over pretty aggressively. 
and Hamilton still made the pass stick. However, because of the circumstances, Hamilton ended up clipping uh, Ruben's uh, uh, driver's rear tire. That's a pretty politically correct way of saying it. Ended up clipping. I mean, I, I think Ruben's kind of moved over on Hamilton, um, hoping to kind of squeeze him out and, and, and make him back off. I think it was. I don't think anybody, anybody needs to be penalized in that, but right. I do think it was more Rubens um, and, and just kind of an unfortunate move. I'm sure he obviously wasn't trying to take himself out or anything, but um, he was really kind of trying to force the issue a little bit more than maybe he needed to. Right, and I, I, I don't have any issue with any of that. I think I don't want to put any blame on anybody, but I certainly don't want to put any blame on Lewis. I yeah. think Lewis did whatever he could to make the pass stick, and he made the pass stick. And what was unfortunate about it is instead of it being a real kind of finish on the track where, you know, I think Barrichello was third at the time. And uh, so instead of it being that, Rubens had to go back into the pits for another set of tires. And uh, he was slow because he had the puncture for that lap. And he ended up finishing, I think, eighth. And uh, so it was uh, definitely unfortunate for the race to finish that way. And... uh, and I, I really felt bad for Rubens to at least not be able to be pushing and be competitive all the way through the end of the race. And, you know, again, this this race at Brazil, it's his home race. He's just had miserable luck here, and it kind of struck again. You know, I, he had a real chance to be on the podium, and that was, uh, yeah, I guess, just not meant to be. I, the, but the, you know what they say, 18th time's the charm. <laughs> and it's, it's too bad, too, because a lot of the Brazilian fans uh, got pretty nasty they were throwing stuff at Lewis during some interviews post race, and there's you know some of that kind of stuff. When, like we say, it, it you know may not have been anybody's fault, but it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't Lewis's fault. But I guess you know if, if if whatever happens, if it means that your guy doesn't win or doesn't do well, then it's definitely the other guy's fault. I think it's kind of the mentality. And obviously, uh, Lewis was not a uh, well regarded man in Brazil last year, having just pipped Massa for the championship. Right. Um, and as well, it, it although was, truth be told, it was going to be Massa pipping. Hamilton. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and then Timo Glock, obviously, you know, and there's some people are saying, oh, well, Timo, Timo is probably fine. It's just that, you know, they didn't want to bring him out in front of the, the Brazilian fans. And that's because of obviously not true. Yeah. So there's there's all that. And it, it's too bad. I mean, it's just it's not it's not sportsmanlike, but you get you get, you know, stupid people, I guess, I respect our fans of all kinds of sports. And there's football hooligans and, and hockey riots and different fights and all kinds of different things. So which um, I, I think I would love if we have any uh, Brazilian uh, podcast listeners, I would love to hear from any of you guys to uh, let us know your opinions about uh, the incident and about uh, yours and your countrymen's passion towards the incident and uh, what you guys think of it or non-Brazilian listeners too. Let us know. Yeah, those guys as well. Yes. I'm just saying, you know, Brazilian because it's Brazil. It's Brazilian and Brazil is the same. Okay. Yes. So. So I that think, was that was a lot. That was a mouthful. That was yeah, a lot to take I think in. that covers it. But, I mean, again, congratulations to Jensen Button, man. 2009 World Driver Champion. Congratulations to Ross Braun. 2009 yep. Constructors Champion. The Braun GP cars will be carrying numbers one and two next year. That'll be that'll be a big boost for them. Congratulations to Mark Weber. Yep. And uh, good job on, on the second uh, second victory ever. And um, let's 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 move on. I guess, uh, like we mentioned, we've got uh, two weeks time until Abu Dhabi for the actual season finale. Um, we are going to be bringing you some uh, postseason updates and things like we uh, we always like to do. So uh, certainly don't go anywhere after you know two weeks, and and we'll you know stick with the F1 show. Keep us subscribed in your iTunes or whatever. Um, but let's talk feedback. <laughs>
listener feedback. Yes, it's always my favorite part of the show where we get to hear what you guys had to say to us. And we actually got a couple of emails that I'd like to start with. First run from Nick Kraus, who wrote, Hey guys, I don't think you're being biased towards Bourdais. I, let me stop here. I'm actually paraphrasing a little bit. The English was a tiny bit broken, so I'm going to do the best I can. I don't think you're being biased towards Bourdais. He should have not, they should have not gotten rid of him for a 19-year-old rookie, who is pretty awful, I would say. But Toro Rosso, uh, I bet, I would say for Toro Rosso, but I bet it was Red Bull that made the decision. But the thing that annoys me is Nakajima driving for Williams for the Toyota engine contract when the BBC, when the BBB, <laughs> well, I don't know what's, whose English is worse, Nick's or mine right now. Yeah. When the BBB showed the points table, I didn't know he had no points. Rosberg has 34, just terrible in a good car as well. That must be tough to take for good drivers like Anthony Davidson and Sebastian Bourdais who are not in F1. Eddie Jordan called it an insult insult to drivers last year, and I thought it was a bit too far, but now I agree with him. Alonso in a Ferrari versus Hamilton in a, McCur- in a McLaren. If that doesn't excite for 2010, nothing will. Great show, guys. See you, Nick. So uh, we agree with all of that, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm not going to go as far as Eddie Jordan still with Nakajima. He's had some decent results at times. He's definitely... Uh, been playing second fiddle to Rosberg. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think Nakajima would make a perfectly respectable test driver, but I think ultimately I don't grad. He probably shouldn't be on the grid. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure Anthony Davison is one of the people that should be on the grid instead. To be honest. Yeah. Because when uh, Anthony Davison was at the um, uh, Super Aguri team, he was he was okay, but he wasn't. He wasn't a rock star. Right. I don't think he's... Is he looking to be a driver again anyway? I mean, uh, I'm sure he would take it for sure. But he's been um, he's been uh, floating around in sports cars and doing some other things. Yeah. So uh, I move on to a second email. This one from Colin McKinstry. And I will do uh, hopefully a better job reading this one. Hey, boys. I'm a little behind on the shows. Just listened to Singapore today and I'm halfway through Japan. Still loving the show, especially the banter you guys have. A couple of times you made me actually laugh out loud, which since I was on a train made me look like a crazy person. Yes, we're making people look crazy. That's great. We are sorry for that, but we also did enjoy that. Uh, Anyway, at Singapore, Mark Webber had to yield a place to Alonzo and Glock for overtaking Alonzo by cutting a corner when Glock had overtaken Alonzo. Do you guys catch that? I was just wondering, though, if Alonzo had gotten a drive through or something and was now at the back of the field, would Weber have had to let everyone through? I know it's pretty unlikely, but I was wondering. I mean, they couldn't not punish Weber for it, but in the same respect, it would be an insane punishment for Weber in this hypothetical. Also, just saw the USF1 team had an FIA inspection, and it was a big success. I'm guessing you two guys must be pretty excited about having a U.S.-based team in F1. Oh, we're chuffed a bit. Uh, very chuffed. Being from Europe, we are pretty spoiled for choice for teams who are kind of national-based. Look forward to finishing Japan and then your Brazil and Abu Dhabi shows when they come along. Colin. Well, first of all, Colin, of course, thank you for writing the email. And thank you to Nick Krause as well. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, the thing with Mark Webber having to let both Glock and Alonzo by was bizarre. It was, and I think you know, to, to your hypothetical, it was an interesting question. Where you know, what if uh, if if somebody gains advantage, but then they lose a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of spots? You know, does 
does the other guy have to like let the whole field back by? I think the only answer to that is um, if a Ferrari gained advantage and a McLaren <laughs> exactly. got by, then <laughs> then the McLaren would have to pretty much pull off and stop and it's, destroy the car. It's so funny because if you listen to our shows from a couple of years ago, we we're like, there's all this talk about the FIA being partial Ferrari, and we think that's bullcrap and blah blah blah. And you listen to us now, it's like, it's pretty different. And but to your point, Jim. It doesn't matter. It depends on the weather and what what you know uh, Charlie Whiting's mood ring says because these decisions are all over the place. Yeah. You could have the exact same scenario next year in a totally different totally different uh, punishment or lack thereof at all. It, it's just goofy, and, and I think that actually, was a silly decision. And if you set someone on fire, I think that actually lessens that makes it less severe because. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, it, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I mean, you know, it's 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 an interesting question, but uh, I think by that point, if uh, you know, if you've lost all those positions, you've kind of negated any any advantage you would have gotten. I mean, it's 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 kind I, of a weird. Uh, yeah, I think if Weber does something wrong, you make him do a drive through or something like that, and that's what you make someone do. Period. If it was a you know, if it was a questionable move. And you want to let the guy by? You got to make that decision right away. You can't wait three laps and then tell the guy to go by because there's been racing going on for the last three laps. So the scenario of uh, what about about an, an advantage that shouldn't have been had or whatever, that situation may have come and gone. Do you know what I mean? So if Weber did something wrong to Alonso, they should have been on on the radio with a Weber within a couple of corners saying you have to let Alonso by for that move. If they don't get in touch with him within a lap, then it's over. Yeah, you've kind of lost the the, the chance to do it. Is all is all screwed up. Yeah, because yeah, and and that's I mean the other thing with as far as these penalties that come up after the race and all that. I mean that's probably you know what might happen is depending on the nature of the incident. Of course, is they could say okay after the race they investigated it and always got five grid spots for the next race. I mean there there are ways to penalize someone that don't involve. Um, you know, shuffling the rest of the field true. and affecting other drivers. True, so, true. Um, it, it's 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 tough to say. And like we say, uh, whatever we predict, I'm sure would be wrong anyway because the uh, the stewards are going to come up with whatever they feel like at the race anyway. Absolutely. And uh, we are extremely excited uh, about USF1 and being uh, a team based in uh, the U.S. coming to Formula One. I do think they are going to do well. I have a lot of faith in Ken Anderson. Although I have to say, there has not been very much news coming from USF1. So we haven't been actively excited i would say because a lot of the announcements i think are still going to come in the next month or two we know they're leaving cosworth engines we know that they're still trying to have at least one u.s driver but that's really about it and we know that you know things are churning along just fine and there looks like they'll have a car in the grid and all that yes and we uh in the u.s right now anyway don't have there, there aren't like a lot of you know no no sports shows i mean there's like espn sports center and all that they might mention that Jensen Button won the world championship, but there is n- there's not a whole lot of other venues for like F1 news. I mean, there's obviously websites and there's different things, and yeah. a lot of the websites, I mean, Autosport and you know Grand Prix dot com and all right. these other ones right. are like European based, and they wouldn't necessarily have news on the U.S. team and if it's of, smaller news. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the U.S. Um, based uh, you know news you know couldn't couldn't care about, care less about F1. So. And ironically enough, I've gotten more information about USF1 on Autosport dot com than I have on Speed. Com, yeah. Even though not only is Speed an American-based uh, uh, network there in Atlanta, Peter Windsor works for Speed, yeah. <laughs> so you'd think you'd think there'd be some pretty close connections there, but there hasn't been tons of news. 
yeah. uh, coming out of speed even. But so. the little news that has been going is that, you know, things are progressing well, that the FIA approved, can, you know, check that their factory is, yeah, is doing everything to standards. there's actually been two inspections and yeah. both went well. And that's, and that's good. And um, Danica Patrick's not going to be in one of the cars, which yes. is good news. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, interviews and stuff with Peter Windsor, he's kind of admitted that there's probably, it, it may not be any American drivers right now, he sort of says, and, and, you know, in time we'll bring U.S. drivers to the grid. They do want to do that, but that that's not something they're promising this year and that you know it made they talk about okay we want two american drivers and they kind of backed off well we want one american driver and they said well at some point we want an american driver right i i am still hoping and pushing for at least one american driver to get started um that you know talks about jonathan summerton uh my personal favorite would be ryan hunter ray he's been mentioned mm-hmm. um hunter ray did some uh champ car he's done some indie car he raced Atlantics, and he actually got his start in the same place I raced, which is the Skip Barber uh, National Championship and the Skip Barber Southern Series. Before that, I raced a few races in the Southern Series, and um, I've met him once. He's a really nice guy, and I think he's a very capable road racer, and I would love to see him in the car. But he is a little bit older. I think he's in his 30s now. That's way too old. Yeah, but he'd be, like, he'd be like Mark Webber. Uh-huh. He'd be awesome. That's good then. Yeah. Um, so as far as other feedback, um, our, F, our Facebook page, if you haven't been to the Facebook page, um, we have 395 fans. It is hopping. And like weeks ago, uh, Robin made the, the, the claim, said, okay, we want to, you know, the goal is to have more than 400 fans by the end of the season. And it looks like we can do that. So with your help, please, 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 if you haven't already, go to facebook.com slash F1 show. And, and please tell all your friends about it. And tell your friends to tell their friends and tell your friends to tell their friends and tell their friends to tell their parents. Because everyone's parents are on Facebook now somehow. Well, no, it's true. No, it is. Um, A close friend of mine that I went to prom with, her mom just asked to be my friend on Facebook just last week. That's great. How about that? I actually Small learned world. that my dad was on Facebook because I saw him as a fan. I was like, who's that old guy? <laughs> oh, that's my dad. Oh, wow, my dad's on Facebook. So oh, exciting times all around. But you can, have, you can have exciting revelations like that as well when you discover that your parents are on Facebook by virtue of seeing them as fans on the F1 show. Which is definitely something you should do. So we've got some uh, some good feedback. I mean, uh, you know, Tim Meekins uh, is, is always always a laugh. Uh, he's he's on you know replies to our stuff on Twitter a lot. We have some good dialogue back and forth, and I'll he's post the, a couple things on the, the Facebook. He's the guy with the hat. Yes, he's the guy with the hat and uh, the the aardvarks and everything. Um, Paul Pierre, Dave Stevens, as usual. Um, James some, Payne's always good on there. Yes. Um, so so thanks to everyone who's uh, who's been posting feedback and comments. Um, you can go there and check it out. Um, but also with the last couple of races, um, we've done we've been sort of live tweeting the race um, and having some some interesting uh, f- you know feedback and stuff going back and forth. Yeah, very different times of the day for the last two races. But as it worked out, they were both live for us. It's actually it's you know. Five thirty in the afternoon for us. It's it's right in the middle of the day. It's fantastic this time around. Yes, yeah. Brazilian race time is is beautiful. Um, the Japanese one was a bit tenuous. You know, the, watching the race was great um, from about <laughs> one a.m. to about two thirty a.m. But then but you know, then, sitting yeah. down and preparing and running, recording the podcast till five thirty or whatever was uh, was a bit much. But so yeah, it's it's uh, it's almost six o'clock p.m. on Sunday. Yes, uh, today, which is nice. Um, so. Uh, by all means, if uh, if you use Twitter and uh, especially if you if you like to have it on during your race, um, certainly follow us. They are, our username is just the F One Show, and um, you know send us comments and questions in real time. And uh, you know we'll, if there's major incidents or things that we notice, we like to uh, post it up there. And it's it's just fun, you know, kind of having a conversation going. Absolutely, uh, as, as though we're all watching the race together. It's it's fantastic. Now, one of the things that you guys can talk to us about and send us feedback about is the trivia. Trivia, tri- tri- trivia, tri- tri- trivia. 
Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Time for trivia. And uh, as always, we get some some good responses from fans on the Facebook page and, and Twitter stream and all that. Um, so let's let's uh, talk about the last trivia question. Well, last question I thought was brilliant, and uh, it was. As we all know, this will be the 21st running of the Japanese Grand Prix here at Suzuka. And despite the many appearances, a Japanese driver has yet to win the race. Which raises the question. Which country has produced the most winners, and how many wins does said country hold? Well, at, when at, I, This is at the Japanese Grand Prix. This is at the Japanese Grand Prix. Now, when I first wrote that question, there was one answer. But then after the race, there was a second answer. So I'm going to give you both. Germany has the most wins with six, all won by Michael Schumacher, one in a Benetton and the other five in a Ferrari. However, after the race was over, it is now seven, still Germany, but uh, we have to add Sebastian Vettel to that tally, which means one of the teams that won was Red Bull. So there you you go. Germany with seven wins at Suzuka in 21 runnings. That is one third of the time German has won that race. Fantastic. But that was the past. This is the future. And uh, I have to say, I worked on this one for a long, long time, tirelessly. Yes. And I think it's going to be a real challenge. It's one of those interesting numerological ones. Yes. Yes. This one is going to be tough for you guys. And I think that if you get frustrated with it and you can't figure it out and you need to, like, work in teams and groups to get together and do that, that's okay. I think we're good with that. It's open book. Question is... When was the last time that a British driver clinched the Formula One World Championship in Brazil by finishing fifth place in a British constructed car bearing the number 22? Ooh. Yeah. That's a lot going on. One. Should, I, should I repeat it? Maybe I should. Okay. When was the last time that a British driver clinched the Formula One World Championship in Brazil by finishing fifth place in a British constructed car Bearing the numbers 22. It's really one for you history puffs back there. You're really going to have to dig into that and find out all those different nuances and put them together. Yeah, when did that come together Wikipedia may not be that help, much help here. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. So yeah. you're going to have to wait till Abu Dhabi to learn the answer to that. Indeed. And speaking of Abu Dhabi, let's do some predictions. Yes, it is predictions time. And uh, when we were in Japan, we did, well, not so good, to be honest, not so good. But that's okay because it's Brazil now. And we have new predictions to, to uh, you know, go against the actual results, and we're going to see what happens. And I, I just want to say I went out on a little bit of a limb here. And, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta risk it all to, uh, to win it all. You got to risk it for the biscuit? Uh, yes. Do I, did I get a biscuit this week? No, you did not get a biscuit. <laughs> you did not get a biscuit. I go Jim, home empty biscuited. James Lau, you predicted Lewis Hamilton on pole. Oh, yeah, and how'd that work? Oh, boy. Yes. Not so great. That's almost as far wrong as I could be there. <laughs> Pretty darn close. But he did start the race. He I mean, did start the race. And you did have Sebastian Vettel to win, which is, you know, also wrong. Yeah. But it's less wrong than Hamilton being on pole. Right, in 13th place. And ironically enough, Hamilton finished ahead of Vettel in the race, which is ironic. Just makes you a little bit more wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 13th place, you had um, Fisichella. Also wrong. 
Yeah. But good job. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Good effort, I mean, so, you know. so I was wrong, but let's see how bad, how far off you were. Well, do you want to know who I had on poll? Hmm. I had Brazilian. <laughs> As an a Brazilian driver? As in, I don't know. Just I think the word Brazilian. I think the word Brazilian was All written. Right. So I think you automatically fail predictions for not <laughs> predicting a human but or even a team. I think what I meant to say was Barrichello because Barrichello is Brazilian and they both start with a B. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, that's which means that I correctly picked in pole. You Ooh. owe me a Coke. Wow. Now ask me who I predicted to win the race. Who'd you predict to win the race? Mark Webber. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Feels good. Feels yeah. good. And yeah. I know I'm, re- I'm reading the correct race and everything. Yeah. That's two Cokes. Okay. Now ask me, who did I predict to be in 13th place? And in 13th place? Yeah. Who? Just ask. Ask who, me. And who did you have for 13th place? I had Romain Grosjean. And where did he finish? 13th. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, that's, I'm doing the, the winner's dance here. The trifecta Oh, my there. God. That's three Cokes. You might as well just get me a six-pack because I'm going to nail Abu Dhabi as well. Oh, it's just, I might it as feels well so good. Take you out for Brazilian barbecue tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's also a good idea. <laughs> I'll, buy yeah. your, I'll buy your Coke when we go get pretty <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. Yeah, aside from the faux pas that I didn't write a person, but I wrote a, you know, a nationality <laughs> for poll, <laughs> I actually correctly predicted. So how about that? Yeah. We've, we've saved – the F1 show collectively has saved just a tiny little bit of faith, uh, face – to our usual abysmal predicting uh, abilities here. But we can't rest on our laurels. We have no, to move there, forward. This is, yeah, this season feels like it ended, but it has not ended. There is one more race. We have to do our predictions. And I think it's it's really pretty obvious, uh, to me anyway. I feel pretty pretty con- okay. pretty uh, pretty safe in my prediction. Yes. Um, for pole position, yes. English. <laughs> you know, I should have seen that coming. And yet, I, I I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's okay. It all. No, I mean that's 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 fair. As in T.J. English, the writer. No. Oh, English. English. As okay, in the I'll, I'll, I'll write that down then. Um, okay, you've got English, and to win the race. Ah, uh, German. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, okay. Dear. Let's 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 think about this here. Um, uh, uh, yeah, okay. So I'm getting well, thinking, old thinking and about senile. This always goes what, wrong what do you for want me, from me? I, I I'm should, almost 30. I, sh- I should just, yeah, wow, you are getting pretty old, huh? Um, I should just, just make something up because it always goes wrong when I actually try to think about it and use some logic. And But uh, you also, when you've, ma- you've made up things in the past, and that's also been wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've also had my moments of, uh, of actual using logic and, and getting correctly. So either way, I'm pretty sure that I lose. Yes. Okay. Um, Pole position, brand new track, could be dusty. Sebastian Vettel. Ooh, the young German, who's not English, by the way. He's on pole position. Who's going to win the race? Could be Adrian Sutil. <laughs> could be. <laughs> could be. It's not going to be. But uh, <laughs> can I just say, Adrian Sutil has just the worst luck. I mean, he'll have these like good good moments, and then he was just you know taken out today by Truly yeah. or kind of had that moment yeah. whatever. And yeah. it's like, you know, he was third spot. He could have done well. Man. Um, no, it's not going to be him, though, because he's going to you know, get crashed out by uh, a, a deer or something. Yeah. will somehow make its way to Abu Dhabi. Raikkonen's deer. He's leashed, <laughs> leashed to the pits, and he gets loose. This is my pet deer, but okay. He's leashed now in the pit lane. Not good. Um, 
Reichen, why'd you bring yeah, a deer you know, in the I, desert? I, I guess I'll go ahead and say Jensen Button. I think maybe, oh. maybe, maybe he'll be aggressive enough. He'll have his, his, his moments and do his thing and, uh, and actually you know, go out with a win. Be cool. Interesting, interesting thought, interesting thought. And in 13th place. Now, remember, and this is kind of ironic. I think we might have changed this up next year. The whole point of starting to predict 13th place was because Jensen Button was winning everything. And he didn't win a single race since we started that. So not only have our predictions been mostly wrong, except for this week, of course. Thank you very much. But the predicting 13th place because Jensen's going to win all, all the time has also been completely wrong. Yeah. That being said, who's going to be 13th? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kamui Kobayashi. Ooh, I don't know how to spell that. Just put, just put Japan in there. <laughs> no, I got it. Oh, I got Kabayashi. Okay, good. Got it. Sweet. What about you? Well, I, for one, am torn because I think that Button's going to have this like new resurgence of energy. He's got all this pressure off him. He's still in a good car. I think he'd love to put a stamp on it, as it were, and uh, win the race and pole and everything else. At the same time, I think you're very, very right about Vettel. I think he'll be very fast. I don't think his engine will last, though. I think that's why he's not going to win. He's going to be, like, tearing up, and then it's going to be like, oh, engine And that's problems. a very good point. But I also think Lewis Hamilton's going to be up there. Lewis Hamilton, I think, is, in terms of raw talent, raw speed, I think Lewis Hamilton is the single fastest driver on the grid. And on a brand-new track in a competitive car, I think it's Lewis Hamilton on pole. Ooh, okay. However, and I hate to do this. I hate to do this, but I really want to do this. I think I think Jensen Button is going to have the race. I do. I do because it's going to be Rubens. Now that you say that, well, you know. All right, all right. Tell you what, change mine to Rubens, <laughs> and then you can be Jensen. And that is the serious analytical thought that Jim's last. No, I was between because because I think Rubens is the same. You know, he wants to. He's in a similar yeah. He's put in a stamp on his second and place. He, he is going to be driven to get second over Vettel too. Right. I, I think. Ooh, I think and actually, Braun could even do a team orders thing and have if if it's like a one-two. Why would Braun do that? Though? To get to get Rubens ahead of Vettel, if it uh, if it helps Rubens get second spot to to lock out a one-two because you know Jensen's already got it. That, that's true. So, that would be you know, a little that, ironic. Maybe not a team order thing, but a, but a Jensen kind of gentlemanly, like, oh, let's let's let him get. Or second. maybe not even that, but giving Rubens all the advantages of you know pits, you know the pit, oh, yeah. you know like oh, the, yeah. the pit advantage and that. So kind of yeah, stuff. no. So uh, seriously and analytically, I will change my prediction to be Rubens. All right. Well, I just want to be right and you be wrong for once in my life. <laughs> Sadly, it has not yet happened. No, that's no, actually quite the opposite. Um, okay, so for thirteenth. Who am I going to put down there? Now, I'm old, and so I'm thinking about the other old drivers out there. And uh, Rubens Barrichello? I'm also very attractive, so I'm thinking of the other attractive drivers out there. Now, if you think about old and attractive... Mark Webber. You've only got Mark Webber. He's a good-looking man, but he is old, and he is bionic. You nope. think he's going to go from, from winning the race to being 13th? In I do. Dhabi, think huh? about what happened after Germany. He won Germany, and the next race he was nowhere to be seen. Hmm. He doesn't tend to have sustainable good luck. So I'm putting Mark Webber in 13th, and he's going to be pissed about it. And one of the rookies is going to be knocking him out, and that's why he's going to be in 13th. There you yes. go. There you have it. So oh, there it predict- is. Ballsy predictions there. At least you won't be right all three times next week. You can't be with those. I mean, come on. A Hamilton, Button, and Webber? You never know. I do never know. That's very true. <laughs> we, we have we have proof of that. Oh my gosh! I'm getting hungry for some steak on a stick. I know. Can I just say we are serious about going to get Brazilian barbecue, Rodicio. Um, it's going to be an exciting, big, big moment for all of us. 
It's funny, actually, because we were going to go to this place last year because we started this kind of tradition of eating the cuisine of the local track, I think, mid-race mid last year. Before that, we were getting burritos and pizza every time. and uh, Which is not a bad way to go. And we were like, so what is Brazilian food exactly? It's like, it's not really Mexican. It's not really this. Is it tapas? No, not really. That's more Spanish. And we looked in, and we found a Brazilian restaurant. It was like, what was it, like $25 plus a plate or something like that? We're like... Ooh, More than that, yeah. We're going to get pizza. So, But this time around, we said, no, what? No, it's put up or shut up time. We're going to do it. I'm going to spend our hard-earned money just for you guys. Yeah, because we, we don't benefit from getting Brazilian well, beef at all. We've heard that. We've also heard very good things from very many people. Yes. Yes. So, uh, that said, I am looking forward to that very much. I'm also looking forward to the season finale in uh, Abu Dhabi. That's in two weeks' time. Very, very we will. Nice. Luckily, we, you know, none of our other friends are getting married or having babies or anything that we know about. So we will actually be here. Um, not, I don't think live covering it because it's 8 o'clock in the morning. That's the not, is on. It's not entirely true. My fiancé's friend is having a baby, which is why my fiancé can't join us for Brazilian dinner. Well, I mean, for next week, though. We, we will be covering the next Oh, yeah, that, show the baby will finale. have been had, theoretically, by then, unless it's a, you know, two weeks of labor. Wow, that would suck. Huh? That would really okay, suck. Okay, on that note, we'll see you for two weeks. <laughs> Visit the F1show.com. Visit the Facebook page and Twitter and all that stuff. If you have time, give us a comment on iTunes. Hopefully a good one, but an honest one. Absolutely. And uh, then I am Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. We'll see you then. Bum, bum, bum.